Hi, my name is Sydney Mitchell. Hi, I'm Matthew Brickman, Florida Supreme Court mediator. Welcome to the Mediate This podcast, where we discuss everything mediation and conflict resolution. So in our last episode, Matthew, you began to take us through the parenting plan. And today we're pretty much going to just pick up right where you left off and dig a little bit deeper into it. And so let's get started. Take us through the next part of the parenting plan after communication. Yeah. So after communication, Sydney, the next section is babysitters. Um, Sometimes this is pertinent. Sometimes it's not. It all depends on the age of the child. Um, I was Mm -hmm. joking like a 12 a 13 year old especially little boy you know i'm like uh i'm sure he he would love this section but he'd be picking his own babysitter uh, <laughs> i went back here on the babysitting um so this section is sometimes in a parenting plan sometimes not um but we always start off and we've got we've got two different paragraphs so the first paragraph actually is where both of the parents can select their own babysitters. They're able to just pick their own babysitters. Now, this is non-daycare, non-aftercare, non-summer camp, because those under the statute as part of child support. But each of them can just select their own babysitter. If they need a babysitter, pick your own babysitter, pay for your own babysitter. But here's the deal, though. The complete legal name, contact info, address, and telephone number of the babysitter has to be exchanged with the other parent prior to using the babysitter, and the babysitter must have the contact information, name, address, and telephone number of both parents as well. Now, sometimes people ask me, well, why do I have to give, you know, the other person the babysitter's contact info, right? And why do they need my info? Mm-hmm. Well, like this, you know, if mom goes out and let's say she goes out on a date and she's at the movies and something happens with the child um, and her phone's on vibrate, right? It's in her purse. She's in the movies. The babysitter's got to be able to get a hold of dad, right? Right, right. And so, and I mean, so it's, it's pretty much just a good rule of thumb to have a second emergency contact. So, yeah. Well, and, and so, and so, yeah, you know. Um, and also, well, then, you know, that's enough information, legal name, address and telephone number that you can run a background check and see who's around your kid. Like these are safety things. This is this goes back to the statute of best interests of the child. This is not about being, you know, um, restrictive or or, you know, ooh, I've got to ask permission. No, this is about protection. This is just best interests of the child. So that's paragraph one. And so this is so choosing you know, whether or not parents need to choose, you know, have the opportunity to choose their own babysitters or if they have to agree and what information is exchanged. This is all completely up to, you know, if two parents say that they really don't care, you know, not that they care, but, you know, they're completely, you know, give consent to the other parent to choose their own babysitter, then none of this applies. Exactly. Yes. It's like, look, you know what? I trust you. You know, I know that you're not going to put the kid in harm's way. Yeah, you may have been a really crappy spouse, but I know that you're not going to make bad decisions regarding our kid. Right. But then you've got option two. Option two is all babysitters must be agreed upon by both parents. Like, no, I want to have a say. I want to be able to say no. But, Sydney, what I've noticed through the years of doing this is a parenting plan is meant to be protective and prohibitive. It's like a shield. It's not meant to be a sword. You don't pull this thing out and start attacking the other person with it. But it also needs to be preventative maintenance so that you're not constantly doing damage control. So years ago, that's all that that section said. They have to agree. 
But what if they don't agree? Well, then guess what? They're left in this perpetual loop of no, no. I want Sydney, no. I want Matthew, no. I want Mary, no. I want Bill, no. I want Ben, no. It's like, come on. But the agreement says they have to mutually agree. That's a problem, right? Okay, so then what do you do if two, if you're, if, you know, if two parents are in the situation and they cannot agree on somebody? Okay, so that takes us into the second sentence in the rest of the paragraph that says, if the parties cannot agree. So if you're just going to be stupid or selfish, not best interest of the child minded, but if the parties cannot agree, then three names of three different babysitters shall be given by the person who needs the babysitter. And one of those three babysitters must be chosen immediately. So that keeps you out of the perpetual loop. So at that point, if you need a babysitter, it's like, okay, look, fine, fine. You're, you're just, you're just blocking everything. So fine. I'm going to give you three names. It's Sydney. It's Matthew. It's Ben. Pick one. Mm -hmm. so a lot like, now it's a lot like voting. Like, yeah, no kidding. Rarely do you go to the polls and be like, yay, I got my candidate. You're going and going, okay, who's going to do the least amount of damage, right? <laughs> That's sort of how you're picking a baby. So it's like, okay, I don't like Matthew and I don't like Ben. All right, fine. I'll use Sydney. I'm not happy with it. But at least they're not caught in this perpetual loop, right? No yeah. So, so the standard, so this is a standard, you know, way to resolve the conflict. Yeah. If two parents decide that this is not the solution they want to arrive at, let's say they want to, you know, have five options or, you know, they want to do something completely different. Do they have the freedom to do that? Is this just a standard? They do. Know? Great question. They do. I've never had anybody that wanted to, you know, expand the options like three Look, you're going to get something like, <laughs> like people are difficult, though. You know, everyone's got their own thing. So you never know. But Sydney, thank you very much for giving the rest of the world an option to expand this section. Nobody <laughs> OK, just kidding. Nobody yeah, do that. Nobody has ever asked going, can we add five? Maybe we have seven. <laughs> oh like, so but yeah, three babysitters now still. Still with the babysitters, complete legal name, contact info, address has to be exchanged in the baby with the other parent. And the parent has to have the babysitter's information as well. But those are your two options if you need a babysitter's either. And, and I tell people all the time, do you either, you know, this this comes down to trust. Do you trust them or not? If you don't, right. pick your own. Just pick your own babysitter. If you don't, well, then fine, you have to mutually agree. Now, sometimes parents say, look, we always use the same babysitter. So really, neither of these are applicable. Like we have sure. one babysitter, we, the, our, our kid has always been with the same babysitter. We want to continue using that babysitter. So even no matter whether they're at their mom, their moms or dads. Exactly. Mm. So then what? Well, so I tell them your, your mediation agreement, your parenting plan, it is your umbrella for a rainy day. You carry an umbrella in case it rains. You hope it doesn't, but you need to, you know, and so when creating a parenting plan, even if the parents are getting along, I tell them, pretend that you absolutely hate, like this is Lex Luthor and Superman sitting at the table negotiating. Like you might get along today, but you are actually going to be arch enemies because that's when this paperwork gets pulled out. It doesn't get pulled right. out when you're getting along. I mean, right. courts want this paperwork to go in a drawer and you just ignore it and you, people just co-parent. But in the event that they can't, then they pull this out. So I tell the parties, great, that's all, that, that's awesome. But 
in the event that that babysitter graduates high school and goes to college, or they are sick and unavailable, or they're double booked, like, okay, then what? Like, now what do you do? Like, you're just going to put your life on hold until that babysitter's available again? Right. So I, I tell them that's a great idea. And we can even add to it. Like, you know, at the time of executing this agreement, Sydney is the chosen babysitter for both parties. They agree to use Sydney. Fine. But in the event that Sydney is unavailable, now we still leave one of these two paragraphs in there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question. How often how often do families you know, so for me, you know, as a reminder, I grew up in a in a um my parents were divorced and I grew up on a parenting plan, which, you know, we can share more about later, but you know, share for now. me, for the parenting plan, <laughs> share, share now, don't share later, share now. Oh, well, I was, um, I actually think I may have mentioned it in an earlier episode, but I was, let's see, I was on every one to two days. I was at my mom's Monday and Tuesday and Thursday, and I was at my dad's Wednesday and Friday. And then every other weekend, which from our conversations, Matthew, was an older, you know, pre-2011, you know, approach to time sharing or custody, as it used to be called. And um, so for me, it was up to either of my, you know, I didn't have a, a... a babysitter that baby, you know, that watched me at both homes, you know, for me, I think my parents said, you know, I trust you, you can, you know, have over who you want. And it was up to my mom to find her babysitter. And it was up to my dad to find his. So how, you know, I'm sure there are, you know, a ton of families that you mediate, you know, for that are in the same situation, you know, like you said, they trust that person. How often do parents trust the other party and how often do they have to instill some of these standards that we're talking about now? Um, what I have found is, is Sydney, it really depends on what was the catalyst that created the divorce. Um, when there's, it's interesting when there's infidelity. Oh no, we have to agree. Sure. Usually because it's out of, it, it, it's punitive. They want to punish the other person. They want to make life difficult because they're hurt. Right. Which then they're not looking at best interests of the child. Like they should. Um, I'm sure that, that's just a side note. I'm sure that that motivates, you know, like you said, the reason for divorce <laughs> kind of motivates the attitude with which parties approach this entire process, which has got to make it kind of challenging for you to re- reach resolution. Yeah, well, and but but you know what too? It also depends on how fresh is the wound. So, for example, um, last week I had a mediation where um, there was infidelity, right? But they've been separated for three years. The wound is not fresh anymore. So you know what? It was just like you know what? He's moved on. I've moved on. Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, so so sometimes it's the proximity. Like, for example, if if Bob and Karen are together, and let's just say that Karen cheats on Bob. Like Bob fell asleep at the wheel, wasn't doing his job as a husband. She stepped out on the marriage. Then then Bob files and they're immediately in mediation you know what it could be a little bit more difficult because the wound is fresh 
Um, sure. If there's a little bit of time that goes by, sometimes it gets better, but sometimes it gets worse. I mean, you know, we're it, it is so hard to really predict because human nature is is just so individualized, right? Like your reaction to things are different. You know, uh, we 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 should. You know, my ex wife had multiple affairs, and it's 2020. We got divorced in. I don't know, one, I think. And it's still like, I, you know, at times I'm still just like, oh, I can't believe she did that. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but still, you know, there's still that wound. Now, granted, just like my example, I fell asleep at the wheel. I wasn't doing my job. And then she stepped out. Um, and, you know, we've shared in the past that I wasn't the greatest of husbands then. Um, I probably would have divorced me as well. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it all depends on the wound. Um, now, we had gotten divorced. It was fresh after a number of the affairs and after I had found out. And still, uh, you know, I mean, I, I trusted her with the kids. I didn't like her as a person, but I trusted her with the kids. Mm -hmm. So even with, with, with me and the infidelity that I went through with her, it was still, you select your own baby right? right? So, it, it, you know, um, now here's the other thing. I've had it where like they've, they've been separated and mom absolutely unequivocally hates dad's girlfriend. And so absolutely, she's not babysitting my kids. Right. And it could be three years. Doesn't matter. She's not babysitting my kids. So then does that have to go in? That has to be listed. Well, no. So, so, so then we're so, so then fine. All babysitters have to be agreed upon. And so, you know what? Dad may say, fine, I want Bob, my neighbor that you don't even know. Or I want Carl, my coworker that you don't know, or I want Carol. <laughs> so you'll just I mean, make the three options, really. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, so if, like I said, it really goes back to almost like voting. Like, okay, who's doing the least amount of damage? Yeah, yeah. And, and for example, they may have two little girls. And so mom's like, oh, I don't know who these two men are. Yeah. Now she has to pick the girlfriend. So, yeah. I mean, Savage. I, uh, welcome to welcome to my daily life. Okay, now, now, before those two kick in, before each of them can select their own babysitter or all babysitters have to be agreed upon, sometimes in some situations, people want what we call a right of first refusal. And what that says is before choosing a babysitter, you have to give me, the other parent, the opportunity to watch the kids. Now, based on all of our conversations and our topics, you can see where this is going to go wrong. <laughs> this is never, this never works out well because these create lit litigation, but still some parents want it there and that's okay. You know, I'm there to empower the people. I'm not there to judge, mm -hmm. I'm not there to tell them no, but I'm there to give them lots of creative suggestions. To options, them, yeah. To give them options, as you said. And so I need to tell them, the good, the bad, how it works, like in the real world, rather than just words on a page, how does it really play out in the right. real world once you sign your agreement? So we've got two paragraphs. Let's let's go through the first paragraph. Option one. So just like selection of babysitter, we have option one, option two. So like a game show, right? Like, do you want curtain number one, curtain number two? <laughs> uh, 
So then we have two different options for a right of first refusal. The first one says that each parent has to offer, uh, offer the other parent the opportunity to care for the children before using a babysitter. If the child or children will be left with any third party for a period of time exceeding blank number of hours with the exception of a parent's scheduled work hours or a child attending school. Sometimes people are like, I want two hours. And I'm like, okay, two hours. You can barely go grocery shopping in two hours without right. the kids, right? Like, do you really want to involve the other parent that much in your life? And they're like, okay, well, maybe four hours. And I'm like, okay, you can barely go to a movie and dinner on a date in four hours. Because these days they're making movies that are three four hours long to make you feel like you got your money's worth. I like, I like 90 minutes in and out. Like that's me just, too. oh my gosh. Me just too. tell me the story. Let's be done with this. Oh, I know it's, anything over two hours. I'm pretty much like, I don't know if I'm a bit like you got all these long drag down. So, but anyway, and I'm like, do you want to have to call your husband or your ex-husband, your ex-wife? Every time you want to go out on a date, well, where are you? Yeah. Like way too much. Like you're getting divorced. You you should not be involved that much in each other in each other's life. So typically yeah. what I suggest, and you know, if what what I have seen, if the courts are going to get involved with something like this, is they're going to say longer than a work day. If it's longer than a work day. So like six or eight hours. Mm -hmm. um, the other option, option two, is if the child's going to be left with anybody overnight. That's more consistent with the statute. I mean, sure. sorry, sorry. That's more consistent with time sharing. That if you're not going to exercise your court ordered time sharing, well, then fine. You give the child to the other parent. Um, with the exception, we and we do build in some exceptions, like with the exception of the child being invited to spend the night with a grandparent, but we put a limit on it, not to exceed two times or three times or four times a, a per calendar month. That way, a parent's not always getting their time and then just giving it to a grandparent who doesn't have any rights to timeshare. Yeah, so this is this, I guess, gets really muddy because it's so family specific. You know, everyone's got different family members and, Absolutely. you know, like this is this is just like 100 percent customizable, I guess. And you, yes. you know, you're really getting down into the details with each different family because everybody, you know, has different situations. So and well, and, and, and exactly right, because some of the questions I get is, well, what does what about my spouse? What about my fiance? What about my significant other? Well, is there married? Yeah, you know. So, so what? You know, the child can't spend the weekend with my wife uh, when I have to go out of town for a business meeting. Has to go back to the mother, but it's my time. Mm -hmm. Well, then it's like, well, then I want makeup time sharing. And we, oh yeah, I mean, it can go lots of different ways. But you know, these are the pieces and components that are part of the uh, yeah. parenting plan. So then yeah, the I had no idea there were so many like nuances to, to all of this. My mm -hmm. um, just to share some more of my experience, you know, my my. Yeah. Like I said, my parents trusted the other to make those decisions. And, you know, they were 100 percent comfortable with me, you know, being supervised by their significant others. And so it, it you know, to me as a child growing up, I didn't notice that, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, a too much animosity regarding all these things so yeah it's now i'm i'm hearing and reading all this and i'm like oh my gosh people you know that you know it's it's yeah there's just there's just a lot of nuances to it you know and it all depends on the relationship that the mother and the father have yeah and that's why too you know doing mediation um you've got to understand the law you have because yeah. because you know i tell people all the time in mediation 
we, and it sounds like a fun place, but a dirty place to live, but we live in the shadow of the law. That sounds like fun, right? Like, ooh, <laughs> like, ooh, we live in the shadow. But I tell people, you always have to be cognizant of the power of the court, because if you cannot come to an agreement, you got to at least know what the power of the court is. What what, what are the judges really doing? What does the statute say? Because that's what the attorneys are advising people on. That's what the judges are having to rule on. And so you always have to know that. But then you can create just about whatever you want. And like you said, all the little nuances, you can customize this, for, yeah. you know, your comfort levels, your belief systems, um, your particular family. And so as a mediator, you've got to understand the law, but then you also have to understand human nature and the psychology of people and be able to, you know, help people negotiate and hold on to their belief systems and their mm -hmm. feelings, but let logic and reason come in and then negotiate this part. And it, you know, it is, um, it is a very, very, um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's a very difficult job, but rewarding job. Mm -hmm. but you better know what you're doing as a mediator, because as you see with these little nuances, you can either create litigation for people, yeah, even yeah. knowing it. Um, I want, you know, I want to help people avoid litigation, you know, as, as I've shared, you know, my story in the past in and out of litigation constantly, I know this firsthand, like, okay, I know what it says on the piece of paper. How's it going to play out in the real world? Mm -hmm. It's not real world experience to bring to it as well as education. Um, so that's a great transition because the next section is education. Wait, I have a quick question actually, before we jump to education, if that's okay. What happens if and when a parent violates these, you know, whatever agreement two parents have decided upon for their babysitter situation? What happens when that agreement is, has been violated? All right. So we're going to get into that in extreme detail at the end. And when I say at the end, at the end of the parenting plan, because it is the last section of the parenting plan, which is the enforcement clause. Okay, and that encompasses the entire agreement as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we have an enforcement clause that says, um, and we'll dig into this deeper, but I'll just give you just an overview, that a parent's failure to abide by the terms contained in this parenting plan. Well, so that means that any of this, Sydney, any of this, all the nuances, all of the babysitter section and the shared parental responsibility and communication and time sharing mm -hmm. and education, Failure to abide by the terms contained in this parenting plan, then there's a lot of different options that the court has at their discretion for enforcement. So we do have a catch-all enforcement clause, and it is important that um, that you know an enforcement clause is there. I've had mediation agreements, Sydney, where there's no enforcement clause. And, if, and I'll tell you, if if if, a, if if you do not have an enforcement clause when you start, and then it's like a free for all. Well, well, no, but then you come back to a mediation because somebody has said, "Oh my gosh, they have violated." Do you think that person or that person's attorney is going to let a a uh, an enforcement clause be put into future agreements when they already know their client has violated it? No which is why it is so important to make sure that there's an enforcement clause in every single agreement. I mean, look, even if you go and buy an appliance, you buy a computer, you buy anything and sign a contract, right? 
there's a mediation arbitration clause in that contract that says in the event that we have an issue, you got to go to mediation arbitration. Yes, I don't, yes. I'm not even sure if people, and this is this is just a little side note, still on the enforcement clause, but did you know that when you buy something from eBay, that when you click buy, you have signed a contract that says if you have a disagreement with the seller, you have to go to Square Trade, which is eBay's online mediation program to try to resolve the issue before you're allowed to file a lawsuit somewhere in cyberspace or wherever they actually live. I have never heard of that before. Yeah. So so there's there's a there's an enforcement clause oh, or yeah. an arbitration clause in almost every single contract on this planet. So definitely everybody out there, make sure, make sure, make sure. That is so important. Make sure that you have a uh, an enforcement clause in your mm -hmm. agreement, because otherwise, unfortunately, you're going to have a whole lot of words written on a paper that you're going to have no teeth to actually get enforcement. And that's going to be a shame. Right. So we are out of time. But in the next episode, we are going to be talking education. So we ran out of time, but we had a lot of good stuff to talk about with the babysitter section. And as you know, Sydney, you know, I'm not going to rush through this because there's so much that that people need to know. I want them to be prepared when they come to mediation, understand, as you put it, all the little nuances, all mm -hmm. the creativity that they have and the power that they've got. Um, so we will pick up in, 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 the, in the next episode um, on education. And um, then after we get through education, we're actually going to start with time sharing. And uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that. That's where it gets um, that's where it gets complex. <laughs> very, very complex. You want to talk about nuances? Wait till we get to the time sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, a lot of these things, you know, as you mentioned, parents don't really understand you know, what some of the implications are as they make these decisions. And again, what some of the options are. So Matthew, thank you for your insight. Thank you for answering all my crazy questions and uh, looking forward to jumping into our next topic. Occasionally, Sydney and I will be releasing Q&A bonus episodes where we will answer your questions and give you a personal shout out. If you have a comment or question regarding anything that we discuss, email us at info at iChatMediation.com. That's info at iChat, I-C-H-A-T, Mediation.com. And stay tuned to hear your shout out and have your question answered here on the show. For more information about my services or to schedule your mediation with me, either in person or using my iChat Mediation virtual platform built by Cisco Communications, visit me online at imediateinc.com. Call me at 561-262-9121, toll free at 877-822-1479, or email me at mbrickman at iChatMediation.com.